welcome to the June 2nd episode of Investing Beyond Borders, a podcast from Miranda Law Firm that brings you regular insight on investment opportunities and legal and regulatory updates from throughout the Miranda Alliance world. This week, we bring you news on additional funding for renewable energy projects in Africa, a new labor law in Angola, infrastructure projects in Cameroon, floating solar plants in Portugal, and other major developments in our jurisdictions. Sit back, relax, and enjoy investing beyond borders. Teresa, over to you. We start this week's episode with news from the African Development Bank Group's 2023 annual meetings, where the African Investment Forum presented four renewable energy and sustainability projects worth nearly 1.5 billion US dollars. These projects included a 400 megawatt hydrogen feedstop ammonia project in North Africa, a 27 megawatt hydropower project in West Africa, and a 73 million US dollar plastic recycling and sustainability company's expansion drive into seven African countries across West Central and Southern Africa, and an opportunity to invest in a 440 million US dollar Southern Africa hydropower independent power producer that will generate 544,000 megawatt per hour per year of energy. In Angola, the government will allocate more than 196 million euros to the construction of the 220 kilovolt Gulf Ship in the Kuvango power transmission line. The project will be instrumental in reducing poverty by increasing and improving essential services, including access to electricity. The contract will be awarded to Turkish company Pakyatirim Insat, an experienced company in the construction of power transmission lines, photovoltaic plants and wind power projects. In other news, the government presented the Long-Term Strategy 2050, a document that brings an overall vision for Angola and its role in the international arena for the next 30 years. It presents five priority axes for the country's development, diversified and prosperous economy, a modern and competitive infrastructure, a society that values and promotes human capital, a resilient and sustainable ecosystem, and a fair nation with equal opportunities. In order to implement the plan, the the Minister of Economy and Planning estimates that the country needs to mobilize close to $1 billion, which is expected to come via foreign direct investment, citizens' resources and commercial banking. The Angolan Parliament passed the new General Labour Law, which aims essentially to reintroduce a set of norms that were revoked by Law 2-2000 of 11 February, to create a better balance in the defense of the interests of workers and employers, and to reinforce harmony in labour relations. The statute provides for the redefinition of special work contracts, especially regarding remote working, and focuses on achieving more flexibility, justice and equity for all workers. To know more about the new general labor law, we invite you to listen to the Employment Matters vlog number 9 in collaboration with the Employment Law Alliance, where Renanda partner Nungovaya and Fatima Freitas partner Eliezer Cortreal and managing associate Adele Cardoso discuss the main aspects of the new law. For further information, please make sure to reach out to us. Energy transition is at the center of political debate in Cape Verde, with Prime Minister Ulisse Correia Silva stating the need to invest an estimated 520 million euros to achieve the goals of energy transition by 2030, of which 65% should be achieved through the state or public-private partnerships. 
The country is looking to weaken its dependence on fossil fuels and take advantage of the abundant renewable resources the country has to offer, such as sun, wind and sea. So far, the penetration rate of renewable energy and electricity production has fluctuated between 18 and 20 percent, and the government's goal is to reach 30 percent of electricity production from renewable sources by 2025. The Sovereign Private Investment Guarantee Fund of Cape Verde has 100 million euros available to serve as a guarantee for financing investments by national companies. The fund, which has been effectively operational since January 2023, was born out of the need to offer the Cape Verdean market an instrument that facilitates access to financing for large investments that generate business for smaller companies, as well as leverage the development of the country's economy. Cameroon is once again focused on the creation of infrastructures and it plans to pave almost 2,000 kilometers of roads between 2024 and 2026. In 2023, the government's projection for road asphalting is 700 kilometers, almost double the 395 kilometers tarred in 2022. If these targets are met, Cameroon's asphalt road network could reach a minimum of 2,000 kilometers by the end of 2026. The development of these infrastructures should ensure the opening up of industrial basins, the flow of production to domestic markets and the transportation of people. The International Monetary Fund approved 3.5 billion US dollars under the Extended Fund Facility and Extended Credit Facility for Côte d'Ivoire. The program is in line with the Authority's 2021-25 National Development Plan and aims to maintain macroeconomic stability in the short term, while laying the foundations to deeper economic transformation towards upper-middle-income status over the medium term. In Gabon, the government announced the creation of the Bédéroi Special Investment Zone in the commune of Libreville, which will comprise different zone categories, including a residential zone, a commercial zone, a tourist zone and a service zone. The 40-hectare project is intended to be a powerful regional and national economic lever, an additional vector for the promotion and attractiveness of Gabon, offering a host of new employment and investment opportunities for entrepreneurs. Over in Mozambique, a new private investment law was approved, a crucial step towards improving the country's attractiveness for both domestic and foreign private investment. The new statute introduced a range of stimulating measures and various innovative provisions designed to support responsible investment practices and streamline investment processes. It expressly outlines the social responsibility of investors, emphasizing the importance of sustainable and inclusive business operations. Additionally, it includes mechanisms to ensure transparency and accountability, thus promoting a fair and predictable investment environment that surely increases investor confidence and bolsters Mozambique's economic landscape. Total Energies continues to take steps to resume activity in the LNG project in Cap Delgado. The action plan was put together based upon the findings of a commission report prepared by humanitarian action expert Jean-Christophe Coupin and includes remunerating displaced families by July, building new houses by the end of summer, improving access to fishing, renegotiating relations with security forces and creating a foundation to improve local life with multi-annual budget of 200 million US dollars. 
The French company has also been selected for the 4.5 billion US dollars in Pancoa Dam in Mozambique as investment in clean energy continues to rise. The 1,500 megawatt hydropower project has the capacity to generate 2,075 megawatt of power, more than half of which is sold to South Africa. The financial close is expected in 2024 and completion is estimated by 2030. Mozambique's economic growth is, is projected at 8% in 2024 by the International Monetary Fund. The projection was highly influenced by LNG production and the medium and long-term outlook is for higher growth in the country compared to the regional average and should peak in 2027 and 2028 with growth accelerating the above 10%. In Portugal, an international tender for the construction of five floating photovoltaic plants was launched. The plants will be located in the reservoirs of Ferreira do Alentejo, Almeidas, Pias, Penedro and Montenovo, with a combined capacity of 4.5 megawatts and a total investment of around 4.3 million euros. Portugal will strengthen the Recovery and Resilience Plan with an additional 2.4 billion euros in grants and 3.2 billion in loans to offset increased costs and intensify the impact of funds in the country. Portugal will now have 43 more reforms and 113 more investments to fulfill. Third and fourth payment requests should be submitted simultaneously after the reprogramming plan is approved by Brussels. At this year's G7 summit held this month, G7 leaders noted four opportunities that would benefit the Democratic Republic of Congo under the Global Infrastructure and Investment Partnership. These include creating and strengthening the economic corridors that link economies through key transport infrastructures, as well as making clean electricity more affordable, reliable and accessible to all, and the development of railway infrastructures, the advancement of digital infrastructure, and expansion of the fiber optic network. American major Chevron plans to sell its oil and gas assets in the Republic of the Congo to focus on more profitable production, which could fetch up to 1.5 billion US dollars. Chevron is now looking for a buyer for Chevron Overseas Congo, which has three dormant offshore assets and one active deposit in Block 14, in an area shared with Angola. Chevron also has oil fields in bordering Angola and Block 14. Chevron currently produces 37,000 BPD from the fields in Congo and estimates the future owner will be able to extract 37 million barrels from the 117 million total left in these deposits. The Republic of the Congo could become an exporter of liquefied natural gas. Following a 5 billion US dollars investment by Italian oil and oil company ENI, the authorities launched the construction of a gas production, pretreatment and liquefaction center near the economic capital Pont Noir at the end of April, which will enable the Republic of Congo to join the select group world exporters of liquefied natural gas by the end of the year. By 2025, the center will be producing 3 million tons of liquefied natural gas a year, exceeding the needs of the Congolese market. Lastly, the people of Timor-Leste have voted for a new parliament in an election won by Shanana Guzmange, National Congress for Timorese Reconstruction, which secured broad parliamentary representation with 31 out of 65 seats. The party is set to lead a new coalition government alongside the Democratic Party, which would give the two political forces a clear majority of 37 seats. We 
hope you enjoy this episode of Investing Beyond Borders. We will be back in two weeks' time with more developments in the Miranda Alliance world. Please join us then for more news from the 16 Miranda Alliance jurisdictions. In the meantime, you can drop by our website or LinkedIn page, where you will find more updates on our activity and legal developments of interest to our clients and followers. This podcast was brought to you by Miranda Law Firm and Miranda Alliance. You can find out more about our worldwide activities and assistance to investors at www.mirandalawfirm.com. This episode was presented by Teresa Garcia-André from our Lisbon office and Luís Miranda from the Houston office. Content was developed exclusively for Miranda by the Miranda Alliance podcast team. Technical support is provided by Hugo Ribeiro from our communications department. All content is subject to copyright and protected by law.